Love and Luke. And now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Ron Wolfley. Yeah, baby, bring it on! Luke Lipinski. The great Luke Lipinski. You're <laughs> devaluing the word great if you follow with Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I'm not going to sit here and listen to that Luke Lipinski slander, even though it's on tape and I have to hear it every day in my car, listening to the Wolf and Luke show. What are you talking about, Tim? Uh, Jared Carlin yeah. making fun of Luke Lipinski there oh, on the rejoin. I there, oh, Wolf. yeah. I see. Luke. <laughs> Luke. Luke, I am your fill-in. Uh, Tim ring in for Luke Lipinski. Uh, final hour, Wolf and Luke here on the Midday Show, Graham. Talking a lot about Jonathan Gannon and the staff he's assembling. We'll get into that a little bit later on. Also talking Suns hoops. Uh, the Kevin Durant presser yesterday, the game uh, last night didn't go all that well. The Suns now hit the all-star break with a record of 32-28. Uh, uh, Fifth place in the West, but just a game and a half uh, out of third. Uh, Kevin Durant. Uh, met the media yesterday. Wolf, before we get into Durant, I want to go back to the conversation we had a little bit ago talking about the Chris Paul window, if you will. You know, Chris Paul's 37 now. In the middle of the playoffs this year, he's going to be 38. And obviously, when the playoffs begin next year, if Chris Paul's playing point guard for this team, he's going to be 39. So I was saying, really, Father Time is undefeated. The the Suns' best chance with this Chris Paul window, if you will, to win a title now that Durant is here is probably this summer. Chris Paul is going to be better this summer, presumably, than he's going to be next summer. And does that put pressure on Chris Paul to finally win that elusive title? Before we get your thoughts, Stephen A. Smith talked about the exact same thing with Chris Paul yesterday. You see P3. This is the best chance you've had to win a championship. This is better than the chance you had two years ago against Milwaukee. This is better than that. Because you got Kevin Durant. You got Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. who I believe, when healthy, is the best player on the planet. That's how I feel about Kevin Durant. With Booker and a, a dude in eight, and there's no scrub. Eight could give you 20 and 10. Eight might have got outplayed by Giannis, mm-hmm. but it took Giannis to outplay him. He didn't get outplayed by anybody else in the postseason that year. I believe in DeAndre Ayton. The brother can play. I'm sorry. I got a seven-footer in the middle. I got a 6'11 dude that's the ultimate wing player, Mr. Midrange himself, with a three-point arsenal, can drop 30, 40, 50 in his sleep. And I got Booker. And all I got to do if I'm CP3 is run the show? No, you got to win this year. You got to win this year. I won't say it again. <laughs> Man. That is uh, yeah, what do you think, Wolf? Stephen A. right there. I I would love to hear what CP3 said after that. <laughs> yeah. We buried the lead, did we not? Like, what did he say after that? That is, that, that's great. What, what, I, what Stephen A. said. We all get it. This is it, it's, man. This is the best opportunity this is it. Yeah. the Suns have for winning a championship. Um, I think we all knew that, kind of expected that. That's what a lot of people expect. This is going to be, at some point in time, this year, more so than next year, this year is going to be the best opportunity for the Suns to win a championship. But as a player, I know how difficult that is. I'm sorry. As a player, I do. Sometimes you just don't play well. 
Just because it's the most important game you're ever going to play in your life, and suddenly you're playing against the Boston Celtics, and it's Game 7. Let's just say it's Game 7, and you go out there, and guess what? You can't hit a free throw. For whatever reason, you can't. Some people are going to say because you choked. They don't know. You know. But they don't know if you choked or not. You know deep down inside if somehow the moment got too big and it made you shoot the free throw in a stabby kind of way when you typically are smooth as silk. Um. Okay, then you'll know if you choked or not. But once again, this is... The way that it goes as a player, and I think like a player, and because of that, there are no guarantees. Chris Paul will be 38 by the time you get into the conference semifinals, assuming the Suns win their opening round series. So there are concerns. You know, can the body hold up to the the rigors of a playoff series when you're playing every other night? We're going to find out. You You know, was it Chris Paul's age last year that felled him or was he sick it had nothing to do with the fact he was old it had to do with the fact he was sick we're gonna find out soon enough kevin durant meanwhile was asked yesterday if this season is a failure without a ring I know it's always it's pressure because i'm one of the best players to ever play the game so every time so so, so every time I step on the floor, people are going to expect me to do great things. And the team, I'm on to do great things. But I enjoy getting better as a player every day. I enjoy just waking up and getting to do this. So I don't ever say anything's a failure um, if, I get to, if I'm healthy enough to play the game of basketball. But I know what's on our backs, and we understand that. And we want to, we want to do the most. We want to get the most out of this opportunity. See, I love that right there. If I just go about my business, if I try as hard as I possibly can, I'm never going to call anything a failure. That's what Kevin Durant is saying right there. That speaks to me as a former professional athlete. That speaks to me in ways I can't even describe. That's exactly it. All you can do is your best. Brothers, that's all you can give. No matter where you are right now, you don't have to be Kevin Durant to know that wherever you work, whatever your hand finds to do, you can only show up and give your best. That's all you can do. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. There are no guarantees in life, except that one day you're going to stop breathing. Um... You know, for me, that's the mentality you've got to have as a player. There are no guarantees, but this is the one thing I'm going to do. I'm going to try as hard as I possibly can, as hard as I can to prepare myself and be ready to give what the good Lord has given me. I'll be ready to give it and give all that I have night after night after night. And if it doesn't work, I've got no regrets. That's what he basically is saying. And that's what I've been trying to say in concert with Wolf today. That if you fall short this year, while you technically, quote unquote, fail to reach your goals. Yes. Don't you dare call it a failure. Kevin Durant, one more, Aaron Maloney, on what it would mean to finally win the Phoenix Suns, that elusive championship ring.
That's why we play the game of basketball. Um, we understand that. Um, and I'm, but I'm more concerned about what we do every day as a team, the stuff that you guys don't see. Um, I think that's what really brings championships and uh, puts us in a position to win a championship is the work that we put in every day. So I'm looking forward to doing that. Um, but I know how significant a championship is to a franchise and to a city. And um, I've been a part of two of those. And I'm looking forward to, to you know, getting back on that road to try to do it again. But I know how tough it is. It is and how hard it is, and this fan base is, is looking forward to cheering for a winner. So um, I'm looking. For, I want to go out there. And, I want to go out there and prove uh, every night that we got a chance to win, and you know that starts with the work we put in every day in practice. I think it's Steve Nash. When I hear Kevin Durant say what he just said, I think of Steve Nash. Steve Nash, who loved the process. It wasn't even the end result. He loved the process as much as he loved the result. It was, we're going to work. He loved the work that you had to put in. That That is such a Steve Nash comment from Kevin Durant. I love it. Now, having said all that, if they do lose in the first round of the conference semis, I'm willing to have the failure conversation with you. But But if this team goes to the finals and they fall short... Uh, pay attention to what we're saying here, uh, everybody. Who will be the Cardinals' offensive and defensive coordinator? we we'll learn all about the candidates with our own Cardinals reporter, Tyler Drake. It's Wolf and Luke, Tim Ring, and for Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We are rolling through the 1 o'clock hour. Tim Ray, Ron Wolfley, Tyler Drake has pulled up a chair, put on the headphones, pulled the mic nice and tight as we talk about what Johnny Gannon may do with his first staff here on his maiden voyage. Tyler, good to see you, brother. What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. Hey, man. Busy day for you yesterday. Before we get into the uh, the staff hires, the potential hires, what did you think of Jonathan Gannon's introductory press conference on Thursday? Yeah, you know, for me, I thought the confidence stood out. The, that was the most, uh, that was the biggest thing from my, uh, you know, just listening in. And, and I thought, you know, he was, he knew what he wanted to say. He was... You know, he actually, I didn't think he shied away from questions. I thought he gave more than, you know, what we were asking him even. So pleasant surprise, pleasant change from what we had seen the last couple of years of just trying to pull something out of somewhere. But I thought, I thought he, he did a great job as introductory press conferences go. And now you just got to see what he does on the field. So we have also heard there are three guys being considered or will be interviewed for the offensive coordinator position for the Arizona Cardinals. Um, talk a little bit about these three gentlemen and what you know about them and who's your favorite? Yeah, you know, I think for me right now, so the three guys, we've got Drew Petzing, uh, Drew Terrell, I believe that's his name, and yes. Joel Joel Thomas. So, out of those three guys, my my pick right now is Petzing, uh, just because there's a little bit of connection there with Gannon. They worked in Minnesota together. Uh, Petzing looks like he's coming up through the ranks. He was tight ends coach the last, uh, not this this season, but the past two, and he went up to quarterbacks this year with the Browns. Uh, you know, Jacoby Brissett had to work with him a lot, so uh, I thought he had a better season I would oh, than, than what I expected him yes. to have. So, I mean, honestly, I didn't really look too much into the Deshaun 
Deshaun Watson kind of takeover, but just what he did with Brissett I thought was pretty solid. And I think at this point you really need to find a guy that can just mesh with a quarterback. And I think he's a younger guy, and I think that might be able to, you know, work with Kyler and, and work with really anybody in that room moving forward because, like we all know, we might not be Kyler starting the season. So you got to bring in a guy who's not only going to be able to work with Kyler but also be able to to uh, connect with those guys uh, elsewhere in the quarterback's room. Could bring in Jacoby Brissett as well to be the stopgap quarterback. Oh. That's not bad. Right, right there. <laughs> uh, Petsing actually uh, coached Tyler at both Harvard and Yale. Now, smart guy. I know you have to be smart to go there. I don't know. Ooh, fancy. <laughs> I don't know. I know you have to be smart to go there. I, I assume you have to be smart to, to coach there uh, as well. Um, what about Petsing's background, Tyler? When you say you like him, he's your your favorite. You know, Mary Kay Cabot of the Cleveland Plain Dealer pretty much has reported that Petsing's actually going to be the guy. So okay. I don't know if she has information that we don't, but Petsing may already be the the clubhouse leader, if you will. Mm. What about his background? Says this is the guy for Kyler Murray. Can you speak to that at all, Tyler? You know, it's it's tough with these guys because again. There's a lot of just, you know, digging and finding information. But I think for me, it's just a guy that is coming up through the ranks. He's really fighting tooth and nail to get where he's at today. And I think that means a lot. I think that's kind of what Jonathan Gannon did. And I think we're seeing that with who he wants to hire. I think it's it's about the up-and-comers now. And I think, you know, it's it's the... The side of me is like, yeah, you'd want to get in a, an established guy, a veteran guy who's been there who can really be like, hey, Kyler, we got to this point because this is what I got out of my quarterback. But at the same time, the league's changing. Maybe it's more of a, hey, we need a younger guy in here to really relate better with our with our franchise quarterback to take that next step. And I also think just the fact that Gannon is a defensive-minded coach, that could help a lot just with not having to be the OC to sit in there with Kyler every day. I think having that degree of separation is going to go a long way, but you've got to find the right guy guy that's really going to connect with Kyler. Yeah, you know, for me right now, I, I love the fact that he's coming from the Cleveland Browns. If, in fact, it is going to be Petsing, if it is going to be him, the fact he's coming from the Cleveland Browns, I love. And the reason why I say that is because I think the Browns do a great job of blending the old mm. and the new. And you guys have heard me talk about yeah. this. I, I, I am fascinated by this. The balance of the old and the New and the blending of the two, I, I think this is where this this Cardinals offense can grow the most. So I would love that because they love to take the quarterback and stick him under center with Nick Chubb, of course, running oh, yeah. the ball. Yeah, they were very, very good in terms of running the ball and doing it in a very north-south physical kind of way. Now that doesn't mean, by any stretch <laughs> of the imagination, that doesn't mean that's going to happen here. Mm-hmm. But they do use an awful lot of one back as well with the Cleveland Browns. And that is what Jonathan Gannon loves. 11 personnel, one back, one tight end, three wide receivers, 12 personnel where you have one back, two tight ends, and then 13 personnel where you have one back and three tight ends as well. So maybe we're going to see an awful lot of that, but um, it's interesting to me that Petzing comes from that team because they do it better than anybody else in the league. Visiting with Tyler Drake, Arizona Sports Cardinals reporter. Tyler, let's, uh, let's talk about the defensive 
offensive coordinator's role now. Go ahead and handicap the candidates. A couple names trickling in over the last 24 hours. Yeah, we've got uh, Covington out of New England. He's the DL coach. And then we've got uh, Dave Borg, I might, might be butchering it. Borganzi, I think it is. Borganzi. Borganzi. You gotta say it with a little <laughs> you gotta, swag yeah. tie. Yeah, you gotta. Borgon. <laughs> Borganzi. Linebackers. Chicago Bears. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. And then uh, I think also Troy Walters for uh, Cincinnati is also in the running for that OC job now, too. I think that was a recent oh, wow. report. So, yeah. Okay. So, so I did former not Cardinal, that. actually. Okay. How about that? Yeah. All right. So, that's interesting. But, yeah, DC, that, that's another one where it's, it's kind of. I'm interested to see just who's all coming in and, and what kind of mindset they want because when we talked to Jonathan Gannon yesterday after the press conference, he, he had mentioned that he was going to speak with Vance Joseph, see if their plans meshed, aligned, and then go from there. And as we saw, it was reported that he got released. So I'm really interested to see what kind of mindset they're going to bring to the table. It looks like, uh, you know, at least I think Dave is a pretty young guy. So uh, another up-and-coming type hire, it sounds like, which I think right now is just kind of – Gannon's MO. You know what's really cool about this too is Borgonzi was at Harvard the same time that Petzing put it together. Was at Harvard. Ooh, <laughs> fancy. Just saying, basically. Put it together. Stop and think about it. There we go. 2009. They were both at Harvard. You just don't think of dudes, you know, smearing the eye black on and bloodying up the knuckles at Harvard. And yet there it is. I mean, we all know they're playing football, but still, <laughs> 2009, you got Drew Petzing. He's there. And and you've got Borgonzi. I, I To me, I was shocked when I heard that. They, they know each other, yeah. obviously. Man, they were, they were at Harvard in 2009. And then I mentioned Petzing was at Yale in 2012. Whoa. So Petzing, <laughs> played, yeah. Petzing played his college football at Middlebury, and Borgonzi played his college football at Amherst. A couple of East Coast fancy boys were. Ooh, fancy. Obviously, they've got a lot of cognition going on as well. The cognition is fiery. Hey, Jonathan Gannon said he wanted smart. That was one of his four things. There we go. There you go. Put it together. That, that would be it right there. It's going to be very interesting to see. This is going to. When do you think this is going to come down? Do you put a timeline on it at all, Ty? I think I wouldn't be surprised if we're getting into hires next week. I, I think you've got to get on your horse and start going now. I think this is a later hire, so now it's time to really kick it into gear, get these guys in, and really start building that blueprint for what you want these players to do. Have you heard any rumors at all on Michael Zordich actually becoming a DB's coach for Jonathan <laughs> No, Gannon? I have Michael not. Michael Zordich, he, he happens to be a really, well, just my best friend. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's out there, and I'm just saying right now, Michael Z, let me know if you hear a rumor. Oh, I will. That's out there that maybe Jonathan Gannon is going to look at Michael Zordich <laughs> from Youngstown. <laughs> I'll tell you this. We're 11 days away from March. I thought that was funny. I mean, I just said it. <laughs> 
They got to get moving. Yeah, they got to get Tyler, moving. you mentioned it. This was a late hire. And, I mean, hell, the combine's got to be coming up in a couple days. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you've got um, like the new league year. When does that start? Is that the fifteenth? Yeah, I think it's right around I, I there. I think it's. I think it is. I haven't looked at it. The NFL league year. You got to have that ready to go. Of course, bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, I think that probably. Yeah, is March what March fifteenth. The yes. com- the combine's in eleven days. Yes. So you presumably want your staff in place and and knowing what you want to do. I mean, Zach on Allen. The ground. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, what's going to happen with Zach Allen? That's that's still one of my biggest things. Well, of course, you talk about the combine as well. Right now, I'm sure Monty Ossenford and uh, Dave Sears, those two guys in particular, they've probably already started oh, the yeah. process oh, yeah. with the scouts, of course, that are in the organization already. They've already probably started oh, the I process. would hope so. Mm-hmm. I, w- I would just say you'd probably want your defensive coordinator and like kind of, yeah. you want that. You want that hierarchy in place right on down through your... Yeah, but there are some general managers don't want to hear from you You if you're a coach. (laughs) They don't. They seriously, I don't want to hear from you. Uh, I, I could tell you stories, some famous stories, <laughs> right? Of coaches. But you want to know a scheme, right? You're going, what, what are we running into into the draft room? <laughs> busted their way in. It's out of yeah, I'll draft this guy. <laughs> I want no names, ladies and gentlemen, no names ever. But it does happen. Yeah, and I mean, especially with the number three pick and and likely being a defensive guy, if they stay there, I mean, you've got it. Yeah, you've got to have these things in place, and you got to start moving forward to to really build this team up how you think it should be going into next year. Tyler, excellent work, my friend. Appreciate you dropping by. Good luck with your coverage of the coaching staff search now that the coaching search is uh, complete. All right, Suns dropped their last game before the break to the Clippers last night, but does it matter? Does it matter? Wolf and Luke, Tim ring in for Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We're not going to see our beloved sons for a week. The All-Star break in the NBA is here. Ron Wolfley, Tim ringing it for Luke Lipinski. Next time we will see the Suns, it'll be a week from tonight on the home court. 8 o'clock tip against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Kevin Durant's former team. We presume, we hope, we think, we believe that Kevin Durant will take the floor that night for the Phoenix Suns. And why are you so sure of that, Timmy? Why are you so sure, I ask? Because... The mothership, as Dan Patrick likes to call ESPN, okay. has taken the game. Wait a minute. They, what do you mean they've taken They've the taken game? the game. <laughs> I don't know if they've taken it they've from Valleys, it. but they've commandeered the game. Yes, I and they've, see. They've moved it to an 8 o'clock tip. Okay, they said, let's see, that game right there. We'll take OKC that game. see in the Suns. Why would they want that? Why would they want to take that game specifically? Well, we all know why. Because it's Oklahoma City. Look, Chris Paul used to play for them. Darius Baisley used to play for them. Darius Baisley. <laughs> Did Kevin Durant? Um, look, yeah, you can see why. It's going to be Kevin Durant. Most of us are thinking it will be his first game in a Phoenix Suns uniform. That's what we're all thinking, right? And so is ESPN, obviously, as they flex the game into the 8 o'clock position. Prime time, as we like to say. And it will be electric. Ticket prices are already through the roof. (laughs) Dynamic pricing. I will be on a cruise ship in the Caribbean. (laughs) 
Unfortunately, I will be will be not there for Durant's debut. I'm hoping I'm hoping KD needs another day. Selfishly. <laughs> Yes. And then comes back the following home game. But I digress. Suns do lose the game last night to the Clippers, Wolf. And I think it was a tough one to swallow. Not because at the end of the day it matters. I mean, maybe it will matter at the end of the season that the Suns miss a, a, a higher seed by one game. But I think after what happened on Tuesday with the excitement in the arena and KD on the bench and Devin Booker and Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton performing so well and beating a pretty good Sacramento Kings team, you thought... The same thing was going to happen on Thursday night against the Clippers, and it wasn't even close. (laughs) Durant was on the bench, but the big three, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and DeAndre Ayton, not impactful at all in the game. Certainly not enough to get a W, and the Clippers came in, played very, very well. And despite Kawhi Leonard not scoring until there were five minutes to go in the third quarter, Clippers kind of controlled that game, Wolf, from the jump. And they go on to win it 116-107. Yeah, this was brutal to actually watch this right here because you were juxtaposing everything you were seeing against the Clippers to the game before, as you said, the Sacramento Kings. And the team looked so energized, so energized when Kevin Durant was sitting on the bench for the first time. There he was sitting on the bench, and it looked like you could see it. Grizzled veterans with a hop in their step, Chris Paul. Isn't that right? It almost looked like everyone was showing off. Hey, you think this is good? Watch this, KD. And KD was even talking about the fact he watched Devin Booker dunk the ball like he didn't think he was capable of D-Book dunking the ball. I thought that was interesting right there. But, um, you know, uh, the Suns' backcourt in particular I thought really struggled in this game. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, of course, a little inconsistent. Well, maybe a little bit more than just a little inconsistent. But Chris Paul couldn't shoot in the first half. He was one of five. One of five from the floor. And Book in the first half was one of five from the floor. He wasn't even looking for a shot that much. And he was one of five as well. 0 for 3 uh, from 3. The energy was down. You could see it for the game. Chris Paul and Devin Booker combined for 8 of 24. Not just the first half. 8 of 24 overall. Yeah, they started 1 for 6. One, oh, excuse me, 0 oh for 6, 1 for 10. Booker was 3 for 10 from the field to begin. Book had 5 turnovers. Book, Book, Book lost the ball at midcourt, led to a Terrence Mann steal. Book... A couple of times drove the lane, tried to try to kick out a pass. The ball got knocked into the stands. Book got it stolen from him as he drove to the basket in the second half. Book had a shot clock violation when he kind of dribbled the ball too long. So just a bad night. I mean, listen, you play basketball long enough, unless you're oh, Michael Jordan or totally. Kobe Bryant, you, you have bad nights. And it was one to forget for Devin Booker and Chris Paul, but you move on. Here's what. Monty Williams said after the game, kind of interesting. Monty's like, you know what? I didn't do a great job either. I got to figure out my rotations. I thought from my perspective, I played too many guys tonight. It's hard for guys to get a rhythm when you're playing that many guys. And I got to settle on a rotation so that guys can get used to playing with each other. It doesn't matter if you just... Either trying to find the right group or just trying to get the eyes passed out. Well, both. You know, um, tonight we're just searching for combinations that could allow for us to get a rhythm. Um, but I didn't give TJ enough of a, a run. D. Lee got in later than he typically does. Um, Biz and Jock back and forth. So I got to settle on 
like I said, about a nine and a half man group so that we can get a good team rhythm um, going forward. Nine and a half man rotation. The playoff rotation, we'll talk more about this, obviously, Wolf, in, in March and April, but it's going to be real interesting. I know. Some guys that, some guys that log significant minutes now, you may not see them come, come playoff time, especially if the right. Suns are not finished plucking play, uh, players out of the buyout market. Uh, yeah. the, the Suns won 11 of their last 15 heading into the break. They only had Book back for the last four of that stretch. Booker, after the game, Aaron Maloney talked about the team finally getting healthy heading into the All-Star break. We're all healthy going into the break. Um, you know, we're going to do what Coach says, fill our cup up, and get ready for the last stretch of the season. It's been a long time since you said been healthy. Mm-hmm. That's not funny. Uh-oh. No, it's really important. You know, it's a you know, big part of, of this game, and every season you see it happen. So, you know, I'm happy to be in the situation that we are right now. Like I said, you know, we'll be ready to go after the break. I tell you what, Wolf, uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. You and I are both very similar. We don't like to offer predictions yeah. because it just, you know, we just don't. We've been along, I've been around long enough to know that we just don't know. Yeah. We think we know. We're going we're gonna to find out. We're going to find out, man. This, man. This is the and it's going to be great. It. We can give you a gas if that's what you want. I'll give you a gas all day long. <laughs> right. But it's Mark, Mark Jones, who does play-by-play for the Kings. Mark and I used to do Miami Heat broadcast together. He stopped by the post-game show on Tuesday, and he just... He gave me the bro hug. He said, man, you guys are about to have a whole lot of fun Whoa. in Phoenix let's hope. with Kevin Durant here. All right. Uh, let's see. Well, what do we got? Innings Festival. How about that? It's back. The two-day music fest featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, The Offspring, and so much more. Returns to Tempe Beach Park on February 25th and 26th. Head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win tickets. What will John Gannon's plan be for Isaiah Simmons? Wolf and Luke, Tim and for Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, 146 on a Friday here, getting ready to hit the holiday weekend. Tim Ring in for Luke Lipinski, Ron Wolfley. Final thoughts on a Thursday press conference. Jonathan Gannon, new head Cardinals, uh, new head coach, I should say, of the Arizona Cardinals. We've dissected it pretty much for the last couple of days here. But, Wolf, before we get out of here, do want to talk about the Isaiah, Isaiah Simmons conundrum, if you will. Clearly, this kid oozes talent yeah. and ability, but it's about finding the right role, the right home to maximize the abilities the young man. He's still only 24 years of age. Obviously, the number eight overall pick in 2020. When you pick a guy in the top 10, you expect him to be not only a major contributor, but also a guy who is a, a star player for Isaiah Simmons, linebacker, Clemson. This hybrid talent combines his versatility with his rare length, speed, and athleticism and could be a game changer at three different positions at the next level. He's played almost everywhere on the defensive side of the field, but mostly slot corner, safety, and linebacker. Simmons is comfortable playing in either zone or man coverages, which allows defensive coordinators to use exotic 
periodic blitzes and coverages. He doesn't have the best instincts near the line and can be misdirected at times, but his unique potential and playmaking range cannot be undersold. NFL comp, Colts linebacker, Darius Leonard. I love the fact that you're the one who got blindsided right there with your draft profile. <laughs> Mel just went ahead and dumped that on you. Yeah. It was great seeing the look on your like, face as you were shocked. This? Like, what did they do? Did we just get dumped off the air? Is that it? Are we gone? Here's the question, Wolf. How much of that draft profile... Did Isaiah Simmons live up to? Yeah, he can play a lot of positions, but is he comfortable in coverage? Gets a little twisted yeah. up at times, Wolf. Gets a yeah. little twisted up he at does. times. Yeah, he does. Um, his eyes have been the issue right now, especially because they tried him out at the weak side inside linebacker. That's where they thought he was going to shine. That weak side inside linebacker where they could move him around as well. It wasn't just ever going to be one position for Isaiah Simmons. It was going to be, let's start him off in the weak side inside, and then let's move him to the edge. Let's, let's let him play safety. Let's move him out to the slot. Let's let him do a lot of different things because he's capable of doing it. And there's one thing I will say about Isaiah Simmons. One thing we have seen so far, he has a he has a tendency to make big plays. And that is a good that is one of those weird things. It's an X factor with a lot of defensive players. It's an X factor with a lot of players, period. They 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 just for whatever reason seem to be somebody that makes big plays. And that's the one thing about Isaiah Simmons right now that we have seen from him thus far. He's gonna make a big play every now and then. He needs the consistent play. That's what he needs to improve on, is being consistent, play-to-play, series-to-series, quarter-to-quarter, game-to-game. Cardinal fans are worried about Isaiah Simmons because they see Simmons through a potential prism that they saw Hassan Reddick by Hassan Reddick, inside linebacker, Temple. Hassan Reddick is Reuben Foster without the SEC, diluted drug tests, and the altercation with a hospital worker at the Combine. Although he played on the edge at Temple, Reddick's real value will be playing the weak side inside linebacker position at the next level. He's explosive and decisive, but will have to learn how to take on blocks in space. His instincts will have to develop as he learns to play inside. This kid loves to play the game and could develop into a Pro Bowl caliber linebacker. NFL comp, Ryan Shazier. I would just like to add that yeah. I was reading. I was reading from a script. That wasn't me. Yeah, the right? script that you wrote. It wasn't me. It was not me. I'm only gonna re- it was not me. I'm only going to reference Jack Lambert and uh, Dick Butkus because I know we don't have draft profiles ready f- to play on those guys. <laughs> right, Maloney? We just keep cutting. They, this is what we, we should name it. Cut Tim off. <laughs> I dare you to name another player. No. Yeah, right. I wouldn't do that, Timmy. Don Hudson. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I, But I, as I was saying... Yes. You got blindsided. Cardinal- Look on your faces. I, I wish I was rolling on that. What the hell is going on here? Cardinal fans see what happened with Hassan Reddick. Okay. Cardinals couldn't figure out how to use him. 
He didn't blossom until he left here, and now he's one of the best defensive players in football. Oh, no, the same thing's going to happen with Isaiah Simmons. Right. Probably not fair, but now you say, okay, new coaching staff, new head coach, new defensive staff. Maybe these guys will find the right home for Isaiah Simmons. Then Jonathan Gannon says, yesterday, when asked about Isaiah Simmons, no, no, no we're still going to move him around. All different ways. I talked to all those guys um, in the last 24 hours, and and just like some other people that we have on this roster, Zach, Kyler, James, uh, we're going to use guys' skill sets to present matchup problems. That's adaptability. Um, when I talk about adaptability, I'm talking about our people in mind first, and then who we're playing. And it's a little bit of a chess match with schematics of how you need to do that, all while keeping it simple for your guys so we can go out and play fast and be violent. But, um, you know, we're, we're going to maximize those guys and use them in ways that give us a, the best chance to win. Okay, but let me, be, let me be real clear. Just because Jonathan Gannon said that does not mean he's not going to find a permanent one-position home for sure. Isaiah Simmons. He's just not going to admit that. On day one, he's not going to say, oh, yeah, no, he's an outside linebacker, and that's where he's going to stay. Here's the great thing about it is this is what he mentioned first and foremost, being adaptable. Being adaptable is saying we're not married to any one thing. We're going to be whatever we need to be to beat you. That is, do you know how smart that is? That is, that, that is Bill Belichick. That is who he is. Okay, now he doesn't say this stuff. He just does it. He coaches this way. We're going to be, we're going to be multiple. That's what we're going to be. Multiple. multiple. We're going to be varied. We're going to be whatever we need to be. If, if you can't stop the run, we're going to go ahead and line up in a power personnel group and run the ball right down your throat because we have the players that are capable of doing that. Oh, you can't stop the pass? You've got a horrible secondary? Well, we're going to go ahead and we're going to throw the ball 50 times a game. We're going to throw it 50 times against you because you can't cover anybody. You need to be capable of being whatever you need to be in order to beat your opponent offensively, defensively, and in transition with special teams. That is just being smart. And with that, that is a wrap my brother. What is that it right there? We can't cut Tim off anymore. We can't play another draft profile. Do you have a- oh. <laughs> Here it is. I hope everybody out there has an unbelievable three-day weekend. Thank you, Timmy, for feel- filling in. My pleasure. We Always appreciate that. God bless you. We're out of here. Tail lights.